This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're celebrating the 12th Olympian in Bates College history. Plus, Catherine Cook turned in a record-breaking performance for women's track, and the squash teams gear up for the NESCAC tournament this weekend. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. We are excited to announce that Bates Junior Alpine skier Dinos Lefkaridis will represent Cyprus in the Winter Olympics this February in South Korea. He will compete in the giant slalom on February 18 and the slalom on February 22. Lefkaridis becomes the first male alpine skier and the 12th bobcat overall to qualify for the Olympic Games in Bates College history. And today, he becomes the first Olympian to join the Bobcast. It's been a long process, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy to to have the opportunity uh, representing my country in the Olympics. And uh, it's been always a dream, I think, for every skier to have this uh, have this chance. And uh, yeah, since last year, it's uh, the Olympic season start. It's too two ski seasons before the games so it's been it's been a long way and uh, finally it was a good result in the end you had to obviously beat out a number of other qualifying uh, skiers who were trying to qualify so what was that competition like were you was a high pressure were you nervous were you relaxed yeah of course there is some pressure it's good to have pressure in this sport everybody's pushing each other uh, we were we were racing this year I've taken uh, uh, time off from from Bates. Of course, I miss it a lot and everyone there. But uh, yeah, we've been racing together since December. We had some qualifying races which went really well. And it, of course, uh, in skiing, it's uh, we have a point system. So the best fees points. It's an average of five races. The lowest fees points. Uh, are the better ones, so I had the lowest ones, and that's why I I took the participation. Did they give you a call, let you know you'd officially made the team? How'd that come about in terms of finding out for real that you'd made it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there is a deadline. It was the 22nd, if I'm right, of uh, of uh, January, uh, where the Olympic list is published by the international organization. Uh, of skiing and uh, yeah based on that then the the country uh, selects the um, the athlete uh, the best athlete which that will represent and um, yeah there are races up to that moment so there is no time to to relax what do you think it'll be like to march in that opening ceremony uh, with your with your country's flag and everything yeah, it's intense. It's it's a big thing. Uh, I think I, I I had some participation in other games. Like uh, I was I participated also in uh, youth Olympic games and mm-hmm. some world championships. But I think this one is is just very different. 
uh, I talked with some uh, previous athletes that that went there and and they said you can't you can't know uh, how it's like until you leave it. So I, I can't wait going there. <laughs> And you're the only representative of, of Cyprus, right, in, in, in any sport. And so um, it, <laughs> that's got to be a unique situation for you. How, how do you feel about that being the, yeah. the one guy everyone's watching? <laughs> yeah, we, unfortunately, we don't have any other sports in Cyprus. It's only alpine skiing that uh, uh, is a contestant in the Winter Olympics. But, yeah, being the only one, it's okay. And it's going to be nice having all the eyes on me, but I'm sure I will uh, give a good show. <laughs> sure. And then um, tell me a little bit about how you initially decided to come to Bates for college. Obviously, you know, uh, we don't have a ton of people from, from Cyprus at Bates, and so how did that all happen? How did, that, how did you decide to come here for school? Yeah, I think I'm the second or third mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Cyprus going there. But uh, anyway, yeah, Bates... Uh, uh, I was researching a good school where I can continue racing, um, and Bates was one of them. And I don't know, for me, it made the perfect uh, balance, and I'm I'm really glad it worked out because uh, I can get uh, good academics and also a really high level of skiing, which uh, that was my goal. And uh, yeah, I, the team is is perfect. And my coach Michaela Holland and the other, the rest of the team, yeah, I miss them a lot this year. But they helped, uh, they helped a lot these past two years, and um, yeah, the good work paid off. Yeah, tell me a little bit about how Michaela was able to help you improve your skiing in general. Yeah, she's a really good coach since uh, since last year when she started with us. Uh, she brought a lot of good energy in the in the team. And, uh, yeah, we've been working also a lot in preseason when it's a lot of heavy lifting and dry lamp training, which is really important for us because once the season starts, then it's mostly skiing and uh, you don't have so much time to work on strength or, you know, agility and speed. Uh, So we we work a lot before. The season starts, and after, I don't know, the the results are are good, and I think this year they're doing really well as well. I'm always trying to to be updated with the with the news from the team, but can be behind on that. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 talking with them, and I think they're doing really well. And I wish them luck as well, of course. Now you you have a pretty rigorous academic program here at Bates. Or you study physics. I know you're planning on going to grad school for engineering after that. And so, how do you kind of balance you know the, the commitment scheme takes with your rigorous academic program? Yeah, in the beginning, I I didn't know how it would be. Uh, like that was my plan, and I heard that it was it was going to be difficult. But yeah, it, it is it is rigorous, especially in the season. There is no time at all with the skiing, uh, especially having a, having a skiing as a varsity sport. It takes a lot of time in, uh, from your schedule. Uh, but I, don't know, I think 
uh, I'm, I'm always trying to be organized and yeah, not let any time uh, go unused. And and in the end, I think it, it's going pretty well. I'm happy with it. I'm getting, of course, more efficient with the years because also the academics get more difficult. Sure. But uh, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Are there any professors you like or feel particularly close with who have helped you in the process, you know, academically? Yeah, of course, the uh, Hong, Professor Hong Lin, the head of the physics department, has been also uh, very helpful these years. And, uh, yeah, many, many. Uh, I don't want to forget anyone now, but <laughs> <laughs> all of them are really, really uh, helpful and uh, they understand. That's the other good thing with Bates because I, I talk with other, other students in other colleges as well with Sometimes the, it's not that easy to come, like, because I also take time off uh, from college to follow the Cyprus team in some uh, for some obligations. So, yeah, Bates allows me to do that. Excellent. Um, you know, you're representing Cyprus, obviously, at the games, but you're you're representing Bates also, and you're part of now, you know, a very select group of Bates Olympians. How does how does that make you feel? How, what does that mean to you to, to being, you know, one one of the few uh, Bates athletes who, is, who have qualified for the Olympics? I'm really proud about it. Uh, it's nice to be in a in such a small group, and uh, it's also nice to uh, to carry the the Bates, uh, like the Bates College, with me also during this time. Um, yeah, I'm proud to be a Bobcat, of course. And yeah, I'm always wearing the the Bobcat, the the Bates, uh, the Bates jersey underneath my suit when I'm racing. So <laughs> yeah, I'm always there. Excellent, excellent. What were your teammates' reactions when they found out you were going to be an Olympian? Yeah, they're they're getting really crazy about it. Uh, they're <laughs> they're very they're very excited. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice. I'm sure it's a nice feeling. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I'll make them proud. I hope. <laughs> Excellent. When can we expect you to see see you back on campus? Do you know? I know you got go, the Olympics coming up just right here in February. You're going to be back next fall, or when do you expect to see you again? Yes. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's many days now uh, yeah. that I'm absent. So yeah, it makes sense from from next fall to come back and continue. Can't wait for that. Last question for you. Any other thoughts on what it means to you to be an Olympian? Just that we haven't talked about. Yeah, I think generally I want to experience this because you know it's not only making it there; it's the whole uh, it's the whole idea behind it, and uh, it's the Olympic spirit, which uh, doesn't go only on on me. You know, I see I see people even here in Cyprus that you know they they get inspired by this. You know, and they, it just goes to everyone. So. I hope it reaches uh, there at Bates as well. <laughs> Dinos, thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast, and congrats again on being an Olympian in the slalom and the giant slalom. Thank you. Bates men's and women's alpine skiing head coach Michaela Holland's teams are off to a great start this year.
with the Bobcats turning in five top 15 performances over a long weekend that featured a giant slalom race and two slalom races. Lefkaridis qualifying for the Olympics only adds to her excitement about the present and the future of the program. Michaela, obviously the, the news of the day, the news of the last week or so, is uh, one of our own Bobcats, Dinos Lefkaridis, is going to represent Cyprus and Bates, for that matter, essentially in the, in the uh, Winter Olympics coming up here in February in the giant slalom and the slalom. I mean, how exciting is this for you as someone who's coached him and for the program in general? Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Oh, my gosh, I can't even explain. It's just, it's so great. You know, Dinos, I've known him for just over a year now. He's an awesome kid. He's a super hard worker. Um, he's from Cyprus, which is a small Greek island. And uh, skiing is their main sport, but um, they have actually have a lot of ski racers from the country. So, you know, when he came to Bates, he, he came in a little bit older. He took some some gap years trying to, you know, get his points down and be in a position where hopefully one day he could rep represent his country and as an extension Bates at the Olympics. And um, he's really put all he can into the last year and a half, and uh, it worked out. So we're so thrilled. We couldn't be happier for him. What was your reaction when you found out the news? Were you expecting this possibility of it happening? Yeah, so we, you know, when I met him last year, he told me, you know, that was his goal, that was that was what he was trying to do, and I was on board, and I just, you know, said to him and his family and, and his coaches um, over there, you know, whatever I can do to help and whatever Bates can do in our team. Um, and so, you know, last year, throughout the year, he just kept working on getting his, his fist points down so he could be in contention. And, you know, he had a lot of good races. So after the year, he was certainly a front runner. Um, he actually took this fall semester off to, you know, continue to focus on just skiing. He was over in Europe training a lot in South America um, with the Cyprus Ski Federation. And, you know, he was, he was a front runner, but there was a couple guns coming in hot from behind him. And, he was just trying to – basically, it came down to by a certain date, he had to be the first ranked, uh, top-ranked skier in the country, and he worked his butt off. He actually ended up injuring his ankle and having to get um, a, an ankle surgery earlier this fall, so it was certainly a lot of emotional ups and downs, but he pulled through, and, you know, he, he, he finished the deadline being the top-ranked skier in the, in the country, so um, he got the Olympic spot, and, you know, he, he completely deserves it, and we can't wait to cheer him on. Excellent. And then I, I know he'll be back at Bates. He told me this, this upcoming fall, so you must be excited to get him back on the carnival circuit, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we can't wait to have him back. You know, it was certainly – our team certainly took a hit losing him for this year, but, you know, what an incredible opportunity for him, and, and we're thrilled for him. And, and, you know, he still will get to come back and compete for us for two years, and he'll certainly be a contender for our team and, and help us out on the team scoring. So, you know, it's certainly a great opportunity for him, and we're just we're, we're thrilled. Let's talk about the Carnival Circuit a little bit now in terms of the women's team off to quite the nice start. They had a fifth-place finish in the Giant Slalom at the Colby Carnival. Then they had um, some schedule changes, if you will, um, but we'll get to that in a moment. They were great at the St. Michael's Carnival as well, uh, cruising through that with a sixth-place finish in the GS and a fourth-place in the Slalom. Then they had to make up the Slalom for the Colby Carnival in Vermont. What was all that like in terms of that race on Sunday? Yeah, so, you know, it was interesting. The weather is obviously a large factor in our sport, and the Colby Carnival was slated to have a GS in the slalom, like all the carnivals, um, and the 90-mile-an-hour winds up at Sugarloaf uh, had to postpone the slalom. So the GS went great. I mean, 
um, both our men's and women's teams did awesome. Our, you know, we had 12 second runs. All the men and women qualified for second runs, which means they have to be in the top 60. And I think that was the first time that's happened since, you know, 2011 or 2012. So we were really psyched about that. That was huge for both our men's and women's team. And we had a lot of good individual results um, there. And then, you know, they were bummed to have, have lost the slalom, but we made it up this last weekend after the St. Mike's Carnival. And, you know, we're, we're certainly a little bit stronger in slalom as a team, both the men and the women. So mm. they were fired up for the two back-to-back slaloms. And uh, they, they, they did okay at St. Mike's. We were fourth, but, you know, not, not such strong individual finishes. We had a little bit of a struggle um, on both the men's and women's teams. But this weekend on Sunday, they, they really brought their game face and, um, you know, had an excellent result. Uh, Griffin Mueller was seventh. She's coming back from a knee injury. Uh, last year that sidelined her, so that was incredible. And freshman Hannah West was eighth, which was her best carnival result to date. She was actually fifth on the second run. And then uh, senior senior Hannah Johnson had a great race, too. She was in 11th, her uh, best carnival finish. So, um, you know, the women really worked hard together, and they pushed each other, and, and it was it was awesome. Even Sierra Ryder had a little bit of struggle. She had some mistakes, but, you know, she's on the horizon, too. She's, you know, she's up there with those girls. She's certainly you know, just as strong and punch one in there at any time. So really looking forward to the next four weeks. Well, what really impressed me, at least on paper there at the Colby Carnival makeup there in the slalom, is not only did you have three top 15 finishers, you had five top 30. I mean, that is some serious depth there for the women's team at least, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, picking the carnival team each week is, is not as easy as it used to be. They can, you know, they all have the ability to punch one in there and score carnival points. So um, we're, we're in a position that uh, I think, you know, the ladies just keep working hard together and they keep pushing each other and, you know, they're a force to be reckoned with for sure. Now, on the men's side, obviously, there's some uh, young guys who are doing pretty well. I know Calvin Wilson's had some good finishes, but the, the tough news is it sounds like Michael Cooper might not be uh, racing this year. Or, can you update us on him, I guess? Yeah, so Michael Cooper's uh, struggling with a back injury right now. Um, he sat out the first weekend. We, we tried to race him this past weekend, but unfortunately his, his back injury just wouldn't, wouldn't allow him to really really compete. So. Um, you know, it's early in the season where we're trying to work out if, you know, we're going to maybe he might sit out this season or if he's going to try to give it a go in a few weeks, trying to come to terms with that now and all the implications of that. Um, but he's, you know, he's still a junior captain and he's a great leader and he's been really involved in the team, even though he hasn't been able to compete. And I think a lot of our men's success this year, um, is sort of a result of his leadership and, you know, his ability to get the guys fired up and getting them pushing each other in training and, you know, trying to beat each other's times. They're all really supportive of one another. Um, you know, last year it was seldom that we got a, another guy in the top 30 besides or in the top 50 besides Cooper. And, you know, this year Claremont, uh, Ryan Claremont, Calvin Wilson, and Tiger Mueller have all been having awesome results. They've all been punching, you know, just out of the top 30. They've all been all been getting second runs. Um, Calvin was even 10th on the second run at the, at the Colby makeup. So, yeah, I mean, I think our, our men's team is certainly young. Besides Cooper, it's all freshmen and sophomores, so um, they're 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 certainly a team to watch out for in the future. Yeah, it seems to be very encouraging how many underclassmen are doing so well. I mean, you you touched on the women's team how uh, Hannah West has come in and made an immediate impact, and Griffin Mueller coming off the injury last year has bounced back really nicely. I mean, how encouraged are you by how much success on men's and women's side some of the younger skiers are having right now? 
Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, I think a big part of the a big part of the uh, goal when I when I took over the program was to just really hit the road hard with recruiting and trying to create a team culture that was something that other people thought races and wanted to be a part of. And you know, I think they've done that really nicely. They they carry each other's clothes down at the races. The boys come out and cheer for the girls. The girls cheer for the boys. You know, I, I think nobody's nobody's moping around. Everybody's happy for each other. It's just I think I think all of our senior captains, Brielle Antonelli, Sierra Ryder, um, Hannah Johnson, and then junior Michael Cooper, they've really they've really tried their best to make this team something that everybody's proud of. And I think that culture is certainly uh, a you know a reason why we've had so much success. And looking towards the future, um, hopefully something that other younger talented skiers want to be a part of. So the UVM Carnival coming up this weekend there in in Vermont. Uh, what can you tell us about this carnival? How does it compare to some others, perhaps? Yeah, so UVM is one of the schools that gets a carnival every year. Um, they, you know, they typically finish first or second as, as a team score and the individuals. They have a lot of kids off the U.S. ski team and a lot of international students that are um, competing from the, for their home countries and World Cups and you know that kind of thing. So it's a great hill. Um, it's challenging. It's technical, and that's what we like. Um, it, you know, it's interesting. At, we train at Sunday River. We get the best training, I think, in the East, and um, we're able to train on all sorts of different trails. So during the week, we can pick which where we want to go based on where the carnival is that weekend. And um, you know, all week we've been we're on the hill right now. Uh, you know, all week we've been kind of gearing up towards okay, what's the best what's the best training course that we can set on a hill that's similar to the to the UVM one. And, and fortunately, most of our athletes have skied on it before, and you know, we've kind of talked about it what what it's going to be like. The conditions right now, um, very icy kind of all across the East Coast, which is great for racing, uh, especially for our, our boys that start a little further back. It means that the course doesn't deteriorate as much. So it's great. I mean, it's not it's not the most fun for, for public skiing, um, selling uh-huh. out for a Sunday stroll, but it's certainly good for our athletes because they're able to, to compete on courses that don't deteriorate, which only helps us generate better results. Well, terrific. Well, Michaela, thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast. Congrats again on the great start to the season for both Alpine and skiing teams. Looking forward to the UVM Carnival there this weekend. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Yeah, we, we hope to punch a few more results in there. In Nordic skiing, sophomore Kaylin Woods finished first in the women's freestyle race at the Chummy Broomhall Cup on Saturday. Meanwhile, senior Parker McDonald finished third in the men's race. The Colby College Mules took home the cup, evening the all-time series between Bates and Colby at six wins apiece. The Bobcats took third place out of five schools at the event. Both ski teams compete in the UVM Carnival this weekend. The track and field teams both won the USM Invitational on Saturday, but the performance of the week came the night before the John Thomas Terrier Classic in Boston. Senior Catherine Cook shattered Bates' indoor record in the 5,000-meter run with the seventh fastest time in Division Three history, finishing the race in 16 minutes, 39.07 seconds, shaving 40.17 seconds off the former team record set by Abigail Anthony in 2001. For her record-breaking performance, Catherine Cook is our female Bobcat of the week. To be honest, I didn't expect to do that. I had set out hoping to just get a personal record from my last, um, from my last 5K that I ran as a sophomore. Um, and I had been away for a year, and I think I just went into it feeling pretty relaxed, um, not really with any expectations. Um, 
and really I was just kind of having fun with it and it was a surprise to me um, what actually ended up happening in it. Well you bring up a good point you weren't here for indoor track right. last year and so how have you gone back in the swing of things from a track perspective I know obviously you're here for cross country both times but now back in the swing of things for track. Um, it feels really it feels really exciting because I have always considered myself more of a cross country runner but it's fun to change up the events a little bit, run a little bit faster. Um, it's just a very, they're just two very different sports and it's very, and it's, it's just, it's fun for me to see kind of what, what I love about it. Cause I forgot honestly that how, how much fun track is and how much fun it is to do a different event every week. Big me. I know there was an alum there, Jess Wilson, who, yeah. who often ran with in cross country and everything. So what was that like to have her there? Not in the same heat as you, but running the same race. That was very exciting because um, when Jess was here, we always ran together. And she was training for a marathon, and so this is just kind of part of her training. And she actually ended up, um, she blew her old time out of the water and came in second overall behind some like pretty elite people. And so she's super strong, and it's just kind of part of her week because she's just going on to train for the rest of the marathon. And I'm she just very much... Um, She's so impressive to me, and we ended up, um, she cheered for me, and I cheered for her, and we cooled down together after the race, and so it was really, it made it a lot better to see her there. Wow, training for a marathon. Have you ever considered uh, doing a marathon? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually. I'm hoping to get into them after graduating college, maybe after taking a little bit of time off, um, trying to build up a love and maybe a real desire to keep running, um, but I think they'd be really fun, at least at least one, um, and then I'll see what I want to do from there. <laughs> How much have you talked to Jess about what she's been doing to get ready for that? A little bit. So her plan seems to be that she'll be running a race of a different distance, like a 5K followed by a 3K followed by a mile followed by a half marathon, um, like maybe once a month, and her actual one is in May. So she's, But she's she seems to be balancing that very well with also – having work nine to five and so and so it seems like the world of post-grad running is um is kind of of a different it's kind of of a different form but also sounds very relaxed and something that i would consider trying to do as well great great and then um your only event was on friday right so uh it was pretty cool to see your teammates do so well the next day too right yeah it was great we we basically woke up on Saturday and drove right down to USM and saw some people have some great performances there and um, as the race went on the energy got higher and for everyone and it was I don't know it was cool to see that um, it was just a chance for them to compete against some different teams that we'll see at the state meet as well and so it looks like we're going to have a great team for that. Yeah, state meet this week. Uh, What do you remember from your first year uh, from your sophomore year I suppose uh, about the state meet? I remember that we won, which is exciting, and um, <laughs> and Saint Mary's always a lot of fun because it's there's schools that we recognize, schools that are like we have we have Colby and Bowden, so we have the NASCAC people, but then also um, just people from around Maine. It's just kind of a it's a fun home experience. You recognize the runners. Um, Energy is really high, and and women go on the first day, and men go on the second day. So it's also just a very quick run, do what you need to do, and finish, and cheer on your teammates kind of meet. Um, the energy's great, and I'm really excited to see what happens this year. So for the 5K, you've already, you know, 
set the school record. You're tops in the country right now in, in that race. So what's your approach going forward in terms of, you know, the likelihood of you competing at nationals probably pretty good in that event. Do you, do you run it more? Do you kind of hold off? What's the approach then? Um, for the rest of the season? Yeah. It looks like... I don't. I actually don't know. I think next week I'm planning on just running the mile and maybe uh-huh. the 3K. Yeah. The week after, probably the mile again. So um, it looks like the 5K might be kind of something that'll, that won't happen very often during the season. Maybe I'll run it one or two more times. Um, but besides that, I think we're just going to kind of keep the season going as it was before. Maybe run a few shorter races and then see what happens later. Great, great. I mean, how excited are you about the possibility of you know competing at nationals here down the road? I'm really excited. I've never gone to nationals for um, track before, and so it seems like it'll be kind of a different beast than cross country. And um, really, I'm just excited to see kind of what else will come of it, and I want to see where the rest of my team gets as well. And it's the season's so young, and the possibilities are kind of are kind of expansive. So it's. Um, I don't know. Right now, I just have some. I just am feeling excited about what could happen. All right, Catherine Cook, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Bates Indoor Track and Field teams will host their respective Maine State Championship meets this weekend in Merrill Gymnasium. The 40th annual women's meet starts Friday at 6 p.m. with the host Bobcats looking for their fifth state title in a row. The 50th edition of the Men's State Indoor Championship takes place the following night, Saturday at 6 p.m. The Bates men are looking for their second straight state title and their fifth in the past six years. The squash teams are coming off a very busy week. The men and the women defeated Colby on Wednesday by scores of 5-4 to four and 9 to nothing, respectively. Then both teams beat Tufts on Friday, with the women winning 7-2 to two and the men winning 8-1. to one. On Saturday, the teams played a combined four matches, with the women winning 5-4 to four over Franklin and Marshall before falling 5-4 to four to Brown University. The men beat Franklin and Marshall 7-2 and fell to Brown 8-1. On Sunday, the women wrapped up the week with a 9-0 win over Mount Holyoke. The men's team is now 9-3 on the year, and sophomore Garen Rothenberg improved his personal record to 8-3 by winning all three of his matches over the weekend. For his efforts, Garen Rothenberg is our male Bobcat of the week. We've been uh, training really, really hard, and um, you know, once you get out there, it's kind of up in the air, and so it's a lot on your teammates and... Uh, you know, looking outside of the court and seeing the support from them and, you know, the coaching between the games is super important. And so just building a bond with teammates and uh, them knowing your game and helping you play your best when you need it most. Yeah, we've talked about this before. We're talking about squash, how your teammates help coach you. Who are the, some of the teammates that you work with closely? Benny McComish, who's a fellow sophomore. I've worked with him for a while now. And then freshman Omar um, Atia has helped a lot. Um and, uh, yeah, my captains as well, so Ani Rudnambiar and uh, McLeod Abbott have also been super helpful. Yeah, uh, you and Benny have really made a big impact this year as sophomores playing, you know, down the water, but every spot matters. And so what's it like to get, you know, more playing time, I guess, this year? I mean, it, it's great. Um, both of us saw a big opportunity, um, losing a lot of seniors last year. Um, we both knew we had to step up big time and have just been working, putting in a lot of work. You're from Brooklyn. How'd you start playing squash? Uh, both of my parents play squash. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, it's uh, just kind of always been in my family. Did they play in college? Yeah. Oh, okay. What did they play at? Uh, my dad played at Hamilton, and my mom played at Trinity for a year, and then Yale for the following three years. Okay, nice, nice. So it must be pretty cool to have the NESCAC tournament then at Hamilton this year. Is your dad going to make the trip? 
Um, yeah, I hope so. Um, it's a bit of a drive. I think we yeah. got uh, nine <laughs> hours. City, right. <laughs> yeah, but it should be fun. How did you decide to come up and hit a Bates? Because you knew about the NASCAR, obviously, but what made Bates the place for you? I'd known of their... It's uh, one of the best balances out there between academics and squash. Um, and when I came on my visit, I just knew right away this was the place. What's some of your academic focus right now? Uh, psychology. Psychology? Okay. And what made you decide that field? Um, I like learning about people and uh, kind of like how the brain works and it ties in really well with squash, actually. Right. I was going to say that. Squash is a very mental game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. How do you apply that psychology knowledge to your squash matches? Um, so, a lot of it is uh, physical, but then a really, really big part is the mental. And so, for if you're if you're coaching or if you're playing, trying to like look at your opponent and try to read them. And if you're tired, knowing that your opponent is probably just as tired, and so kind of using that and like trying to push through. The NESCAC tournament, obviously, uh, you play a number of matches regardless of how the results are. But what are you most looking forward to in this opportunity? You guys come in seated second. Yeah, we're um, we're very excited to get the the two seed. We were <clears throat> kind of floating maybe three or four, um, but to get the two seed, we're looking to play uh, Williams in the semifinals, and then hopefully getting to play uh, Trinity again in the finals would be great. Right, uh, playing Trinity is always an experience, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you you go up against some some unbelievable players, but to be able to step on court with guys like that is uh, just a blessing. And then for both the men's and the women's team, I've noticed, you know, Williams and Middlebury, those are just kind of the two biggest rivals almost, right? Yeah, we go we go way back. Um, even even for me last year, they were some very big matches, and so it's uh, it's just a great history between the teams. So as a sophomore, what are you working on most in your squash game to try to take it to the next level? Sort of? So last season I had hip surgery, and so... I've just been working on recovering and getting stronger and fitter again and uh, just trying to get my, my game back up um, to where it was before I had uh, <clears throat> gotten surgery. And so it's uh, it's good that I'm, I'm getting there like at the right time. You feel pretty healthy this, this past weekend, it seems like, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not so much at the beginning of the year, but it's, uh, it's a process. And so it's good that it's uh, working. Excellent. Well, Garen, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Junior captain Vicky Arjun improved her record at 10-2 and two on the season by winning three matches in a row that went the full five games. For that, Arjun earned NASCAC Women's Squash Player of the Week honors, her second time winning the award. Joined by our NASCAC Women's Squash Player of the Week, Vicky Arjun here on the Bobcast. And Vicky, first of all, I mean, you had uh, three straight thrilling matches for you personally. They all went five games. What was that like in a row? Um, to be honest, it was pretty exhausting. Um, I'm definitely feeling it in my body right now, but um, it was one of those moments in the season that really sort of tested uh, all of our hard work and training, and it really paid off in the end because three five-setters with three wins is a huge uh, deal for me and for the team, and I'm really glad that it turned around that way. And you were able to get the day off on Sunday. Just watch your teammates play against Mount Holyoke, right? Yeah, it was a much-needed day off. But um, I knew that the girls can do it without me, um, and they really proved that by just really killing it 9-0. So. That Franklin Marshall match, 5-4, got the victory for the whole team. Uh, pretty pretty even matchup, uh, uh, pretty exciting, right, when it's that close? Yeah, it is. Um, actually, my brother went to FNM, so oh. the coach and I are like huge rivals of sorts. Um, so it was really great to sort of pull out that 5-4 win. 
Um, I didn't know at the time that my match would have been the decider, but uh, again, like I'm glad that I could pull it out 3-2 um, because like all the girls really put in a lot of hard work and it really showed throughout that match and that weekend. When you have a match go to that fifth game, how, does the fifth game change anything in your approach or do you just keep consistent? Um, the game plan pretty much stays consistent. I know that I just have to give it my all because that's the deciding match, it's the sudden death game. Um, but at the same time, I just sort of have to keep my own game steady and really move forward with some type of game plan against the girl I'm playing. Um, but it's pretty much just like keeping a very strong like mental game because it can obviously get pretty exhausting. But at that time, um, it's just all about who wants it more, and I definitely did. So <laughs> that kind of worked out. For sure. And then um, you have the NESCAC Championships coming up this weekend at Hamilton, right? Um, the women's team enters as a sixth seed. I bet you're looking to surprise some folks, right? Uh, a little bit, but um, since the beginning of the season was off to kind of a slow start, it did pull us back a little bit in the rankings. But again, it does give us somewhat of an advantage because we uh, bounce up with a lot of the higher seeds early. Um, and at the same time, like possibly we'll be able to get back at Middlebury for that 5-4 loss that we had early in the season. So it gives us another chance to redeem ourselves. Seems like for the men's and the women's team, it always comes down to Middlebury and Williams, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of January, when we come back for our preseason of sorts, um, that Middlebury GW Williams weekend is always the toughest. But um, NESCAC always gives us a chance to really pick things up, regardless of if we won or lost earlier on. And um, it's really good to bounce up with them because we are pretty closely matched teams. So. Um, it's a really great match regardless of how the score goes. Well, speaking of closely matched teams, I mean, Brown was ranked, what, 12th or 13th in the country, and you, you all had them on the ropes, right? I mean, you know, you lost that pretty encouraging, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's sort of the testament to the amount of work that the girls put in this season. Um, having the four girls back from abroad um, really showed us, like, the amount of depth that's in our team, and I think that regardless of Brown being ranked 12th in the country and us being at 24, I think, as, as of recently, um, it really showed like how much the girls wanted it, and I told everyone I was like, "Look, like regardless of the rankings, it's really about like who wants it more." And I know that we definitely have the capability to pull this through because everybody has been working so hard, and it really it really showed throughout that match, um, regardless of how the score went. But I'm really really happy with how everyone played that weekend. Yeah, you've got obviously the top four. You've got you know Lutza yourself, Christina, and Eliza. And then you have the two first years uh, who are playing pretty well, Katie and Maeve. Tell, mm -hmm. us, tell us about them. They're super steady on the team. Um, they're great additions. I'm so glad to have them. Um, they're both super enthusiastic. I've obviously played um, on the U.S. like high school squash circuit before, um, and if not, like have played competitively, so they kind of know what that's like. It's a bit intimidating um, coming in the first year, at least from my own experience. Uh, to be playing as a freshman in a collegiate level. You're playing a bunch of people who have international experience and all of that, so it can be a little bit deterring, but at the same time, like they've really kept a really strong head throughout their entire matches, and I'm really glad as to how they're performing recently, so I'm really excited to see how they'll do um, in NESCACs and Nationals. Well, I remember when you were a first year, they threw you in there number two right away, right? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> low, not how much pressure on these two, I suppose. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely been thrown into the deep end there, but um, at the same time, it really uh, it really gave me the experience that I can sort of build on today, and I'm entirely grateful for that. Um, and I'm sure that they'll have equally, if not um, a much tougher match this weekend and for nationals to come, and I'm really excited to see how they do. Vicky Arjun, the NESCAC Women's Squash Player of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much.
The men's and women's basketball teams were in action over the weekend, with the men falling at Wesleyan but picking up a 69-56 win over Connecticut College on Saturday. The women lost a heartbreaker to Wesleyan on Friday when the Bobcats rallied from 11 points down to cut the deficit to one before the Cardinals hung on for the win. Bates fell to Connecticut College the next day, but both the women and the men remain in contention for a NASCAC tournament bid with three conference games left this year. We will recap how the Hoops teams do this weekend against Hamilton and Amherst, whether the track teams defend their state titles, and how the squash teams fare at the NASCAC championships. Next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates.